Buckles Trunks and Titles presents to you Nicholas London and Cuball Carmichael. minerals that your body needs and a lot of vitamins that your body needs, what it doesn't contain 
and this is what my friend physician James Hubs from Woodstown, New Jersey loves, is it doesn't have vitamin K because people on blood thinners, even if you're taking an aspirin a day for a blood thinner, you shouldn't have vitamin K. So it's important that doesn't have it in there, which is great. And uh, I think just all around, every ingredient in there, in the formula, the formulation and the percentage of the ingredients is what is key. It causes all of the work in synergy together to produce this amazing effect on mood. Um, it, it really is great for depression. Um, it's fantastic if you have any type of anxiety. Um, but really, you know, that short-term memory, and, and I, I asked, uh, <laughs> I asked uh, Amazon if I could use this word, and they wouldn't allow me. But you know how when you say you have a brain fart? And oh, just yeah. for a minute, you lose your train of thought, or you can't come up with somebody's name, or you hang on a word to fit in a sentence that you're looking for just right in your head. This is what this does is um, choline in N-acetylcysteine and L-tyrosine, along with GABA, is what actually makes the neurons in the brain fire. And as people age or get head injuries or just busy lives will do it too. You're so consumed with your day that when you come home and you have a conversation, you get stuck on a word. Well, these ingredients actually make the neurons fire harder. And when they fire harder, you don't hang for a word. And they also, it creates new neural pathways in the brain. If you have a pathway that over time has degenerated, it'll create a new neuron pathway to bypass that one so they connect and they fire faster and better which helps you come out with those words that you were hanging on in a sentence or loosen your train of thought or anything like that. So there's a lot of science behind this product. It isn't just somebody stuck a couple of ingredients together and put them out there. This is actually designed with the exact amount of each ingredient that is necessary to work synergistically together to produce quicker thinking, better short-term memory, better mood, less mood swings, less anxiety, less depression, all that stuff. So this is really a product that that me and the team at Southern Simplicity Infinity Nutrition we're very proud to bring to people, and we have confidence it'll make a difference. The other day, I got a five star review. The guy didn't leave a written review, but he hit five stars, and he bought three bottles at once. So he's been trying it for a couple months, and he obviously definitely can see the difference. Well, I see the difference just in you alone. I mean. Don't take this personal, but, I mean, you are smarter now than you were when we started the damn show. <laughs> you know, it's funny. It's like the people around you notice it better, and, and my wife notices it. And it's a great brain energizer, but yet this has less than three milligrams of caffeine, which is equal to one sip of a green cup of green tea or less. So it's very wow. low in caffeine. There's no stimulants in it. And a lot of these brain products, what they do is they load them up with caffeine, and you get that caffeine rush, and you think, well, I'm smart. But the problem is that caffeine rush goes away. These don't. They, they'll keep your brain going all day long until you're ready to rest your head on your pillow. And I sleep better. I made this comment before. I've been tracking my sleep for years because I, I suffer from a sleep disorder. And when I started taking this, I noticed that instead of getting like an hour and 30 minutes of REM, um, or an hour and 40 minutes. I actually had two nights, one week, where I got over three hours of REM, which, man, you want to talk about wake up refreshed, get two to three hours of REM a night, and it's unbelievable how sharp you are the next day. 
And the other thing, too, is I used to wake up in the morning and I had that brain fog, you know, where you wake up and it's like, oh, it takes a minute to get your brain going, your body's moving, but your brain isn't. That's eliminated yeah. with this, too. So it's it's really a product that I absolutely endorse 100%. I mean, it's, it's just fantastic. And right now, Nick, you're not going to believe it, but it's marked down to the lowest it's ever going to be or ever been. A 30-day supply, $16.49. If you're an Amazon Prime member in the U.S., it's free shipping. Um, it won't be that long before we're into Canada and going into uh, some of the foreign markets like Germany's a huge market in the U.K., so we have plans to expand this product into international markets because I, it doesn't matter. I mean, no matter where you are, and you know, for some people, it's when they get older. For some people, it's just have to, like I know you and your wife and the kids and everything, you guys have a super busy schedule. So this is something that behooves anybody that's a busy, whether you're a busy mom, you know, I always said that, that mothers have the worst job in the world because they get the kids up, get them breakfast, get them off to school, clean up, then it's time to wash the dishes, then they have to do laundry, fold the laundry, make the bed, clean the house, vacuum, all this other stuff. And when they're done, the kids are home, you got to give them a snack, clean up, then you're making dinner for you and your family. Uh, you feed, feed them dinner, you wash the dishes, you watch 10 minutes of TV with them, and then you get your kids to bed. That's a full day in itself. So, it, yep. and guess what? It starts again tomorrow. <laughs> so, it's seven yeah. days a week, 365 days a year. So, busy moms, will get as much out of this as a corporate attorney or somebody who's a little bit older. It doesn't matter. It's really going to make a difference. And I think if people would try uh, this formula, uh, some people have to have medication for anxiety and mood. But, you know, and I thought that I was going to get to that point in my life. But this is completely, to me, done better than any medication could. And it's an all-natural formula. And sixteen dollars and forty nine cents for a thirty day supply with free shipping in the U.S. If you got Amazon Prime, how are you going to beat that? Well, the thing is, guys, this works out to be twenty seven cents a pill. That's amazing. That is almost a quarter a pill, and it's going to change your life. And Q, he endorses it. And he, huh? Yeah, and, you know, I think the great thing is the people around me endorse it, too, because they're the ones that have seen the significant differences in me mentally and how sharp I am and how I don't hang for a word or ask a question, like, what's that word for this? Now, boom, flies right in my head, you know. So it's it's really, I mean, you know, I mean, I buy my own product from myself because once it's in the Amazon warehouse, I have to buy it. I only have to pay the advertising shipping fee. Because mine, I've already bought the product and paid to ship it to Amazon. I have to pay their fee to get my own product, and I wouldn't go without it. I just ordered a year's supply for myself. So it's amazing. There it is, guys. It's available on Amazon. I'm my own best customer. <laughs> it's Q-Ball's way. It's shopping made fun. Now, Q, before we get the mark, one more thing I need to do is the, you know, another official sponsor here of Triple T Radio, Turnbuckles, Trunks, and Titles, is Intro Cave. IntroCave.com. They make all of our professional videos that you guys see on our website, TripleTRadio.com. And you guys can do the same thing and save 
sent off your order, and all you got to do is use the promo code Triple T Radio. You can get much easier than that. You know what? It doesn't get any easier. An intro cave is amazing, man. I mean, if you want to make a, a promo video or any type of cool video uh, that you can't make yourself, I mean, it, these guys make it so simple. It's unbelievable. Even me before Brainstorm could use it. Imagine now. <laughs> Be unbelievable. Guys, yeah, great spot. They're good friends. They do a great job. They take care of their customers. They've been good to us, and I recommend them 100%. That's introcave.com, guys. Promo code, Triple T Radio. We wouldn't let you down. And on this show, if it doesn't satisfy you, then we don't we don't need it as a sponsor. We trust it. We believe in it. And we know you will, too. Q, it's been a really crazy week in the world of sports, of course. I don't think I can go too far without um, without acknowledging, I think, the elephant in the room uh, on this yeah. show is uh, Kobe Bryant passing away, of course. All those poor, poor people that were on that uh, helicopter ride. It was a tragic, tragic moment. Uh, I've heard people say, you know, while everyone's saying, you know, oh, we're sorry about uh, Kobe and, oh, rest in peace, Kobe, but no one's talking about the other victims. I don't think people should read too much into that. It's, uh, you know, Kobe is a notoriety notoriety thing. You know, his name is known internationally, and it doesn't take away the fact that there were, um, I believe, six people, correct? Yeah, someone said nine. Yeah. I've heard six. I, I yeah, yeah, I heard the official, the official word was six. But, you know, I mean, his daughter was on board, her best friend, her parents, you know, the pilots. I mean, our heart goes out to each one of them equally. Yes. Um, prayers and condolences to them and their families at a very difficult time. And, uh, you know, it's tragic when anybody loses their life. You know, one of the uh, uh, cargo jets, for the United States military was shot down going between Kabul and Kandahar last week and two pilots died. And, you know, our heart and some prayers go out to those people, the military, you know, a good friend of mine, I had a lot of battles with Ryan Mitchell, his real name, Ryan Mater. He's over there deployed right now in Afghanistan. He's a Black Hawk chopper pilot. Kind of ironic. We basically ended each other's career. I mean, he, in a match with me and Ryan Edmonds, him and Chris Taylor, he broke his back on a power slam from Ryan Edmonds um, and couldn't wrestle again. And, of course, I had a broken neck from years ago, and it was so physical between him and I and the three or four times that we wrestled over a three or four-month period of time that I was just at a point where, you ever wrestled since? Yeah. But it really um, made me realize how easy it is to re-aggravate an injury or get injured and it's kind of funny because that was the impetus to send me in the law enforcement academy and him to the chief warrant officer uh, training down in Jacksonville, Florida. And he became a, a Black Hawk Army pilot uh, to serve his country, and I became a law enforcement officer to serve a community. So we're both real proud of the fact that we went each went in that direction to serve and protect. And, uh, you know, we, a lot of prayers for all the military over there serving that are away from home on this holiday season and they're still over there or going over there now. I mean, it's, uh, you know, we're equally empathetic 
to everyone in the helicopter and all the deployed military that do a great job for your country and for our country. And so, you know, we, we empathize with them. We sympathize with the families on, on, on the helicopter Kobe Bryant was on. We're equally as grief stricken for them as we are for him. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's very difficult. We've all lost people close to us and it's, it's never easy. And, uh, you know, we can just continue to, to offer our condolences, sympathies and prayers. Uh, to all those people. Most certainly. I, I couldn't agree more with that, man. Uh, I really couldn't. I, I, that's a hard uh, segue into the next thing. So why don't we take a quick break, and uh, we're going to come back. We're going to have Mark on the show, Mark Bowles. You guys know him as James Liberty, but on WWE TV one time on 205 Live, and I'm not going to say too much. But uh, he may or may not have been a Mark Thomas, and we're going to talk all that and more. Uh, Q, are you good for a quick break? Yep, let's do it. Hey guys, I gotta tell you about this new product that Cubal and I just started using. It's called RedlineGoods.com. Q, I was on, I ordered a bunch of products from this site, man, and you weren't lying. Man, I'm telling you, you know that tuner car I got, that old Eclipse that I've been working on? I got the, it's called the flat side steering wheel. It's a steering wheel and it's all hand stitched. And the bottom side that it run is flat and it's for, you know, tuner cars. And I got the matching boot for the shifter that is handmade and hand-stitched Italian leather. Let me tell you something, dude. This thing looks sweet. The rest of the car, not so good. But the steering wheel, the boot cover, fantastic. Well, I'm going to tell you, I got 1993 LeBaron, and my kids are so embarrassed when I drive this thing around. I went on this site you told me about. I used the promo code... Q-Ball, save 15%, and my kids love it. I got the coolest-looking shifter. I've got new pads on the brake and the gas. I mean, I have done this thing up. The outside still needs some work, man. This place is loaded with colors, and it's shipped worldwide. Like, you were not kidding. I mean, I am shocked. And you know what, Nick? Everything's hand-stitched and handmade in its own shop by him and his family. So, you know, it's, it's handcrafted Italian leather. It's amazing stuff. It, it's redlinegoods.com. Uh, the owner's name is Mike. He's a friend of ours. And if you just happen to mention promo code QBALL, you're going to save 15% on your entire order. So make sure you go there, folks. Redlinegoods.com. All one word, redlinegoods.com. And check out their selection of really nice handmade Italian leather Kutra Monster vehicle and a lot of other cool products they have for cars. I'll tell you, Q. Redlinegoods.com is good, but my brother, you said it earlier when you called me, you said, Nick, he he he's a good heel. He's good at that. Wow, is he good. And I want to welcome him to the show right now. His name is Mark Foles. And, uh, Mark, you're here with uh, Q-Ball Carmichael, 
the host of the show, and myself, who, uh, well, I backpedal because I let Q, he's the boss. He, he, he keeps this show running, man. Welcome to the show, buddy. How are you? <laughs> I want to thank you guys for having me on the show tonight. Man, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. I, I just watched a match between you and Titus a little while ago. And, uh, you know, as a lifetime, lifetime heel pretty much 98% of the time, I get to give you credit, man. You're, you're a really good heel, brother. Well, thank you for the compliment. I, I, uh, I take pride in what I, in what I do and, and how I deliver. So I really appreciate that a lot. Yeah, man, it sh- it shows. You can tell, you know, you can tell uh, just by watching it. And you know, I I I teach a lot of, I do a lot of wrestling camps. Uh, my last camp, I had people. I'm I'm in North Carolina. I had people flying from Washington State and Oregon, um, along with all the, the other states in the area. And uh, one of the things I tried to teach is those little things, the little idiosyncrasies called transitions in psychology, the stuff that happens between the, you know, after the move where you're selling it, where you're coming up, where you're feeding, where you're rolling out, taking a paddle, whatever you're doing, those movements are even more important than the actual move itself because you're not selling during a move. You take a bump and, what, grab your back or whatever, and that's when you're selling. And you just did a a really stellar job. And and Nick will tell you, I don't throw a lot of compliments around the guys. I really don't. It's not my style. You know, I I just won't say anything (laughs) versus (laughs) throwing a compliment. But but really good. It really shows you're in great shape, man. I give you credit for that. And what I thought was really ironic, and I was talking to Nick about this, is uh, when I wrestled mostly all over the United States, um, I always was hailed from Thunder Bay, Ontario, Canada, from being born in St. Catharines and both raised in upstate New York. And I used to come out with the Canadian flag. And I seen you come out with the American flag. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> he gets it. He gets it. It was beautiful. Well, here's a funny story. So, like, I was doing that gimmick, you know, way back when I first started. And- and when I and when I went to the company that that I started doing this gimmick for, when I first went to them, they didn't want me. They didn't want me to bring an American gimmick, and they said I didn't have anything to offer because it was cheap heat. And uh, I said, okay, no worries, that's fine. I'll continue working where I work. And then years later, that same company was like, yeah, we want to bring you in, and this is what we want to do. We want to do the American thing. And I'm thinking. How does everything just come full circle, right? You know? <laughs> so, <laughs> How does something you called cheap eat five years ago be okay today? Because part of- honestly, and this is from 36 years in the business, being trained at Peter Myvian School in Hawaii, and spending 10 months with a great Luthez and wrestling all over the place, I can tell you I've seen more gimmicks than I could ever count or remember. And I've seen cheap eat. I know what cheap eat is. And walking out with a flag from another country is not cheap eat. Otherwise, Nikolai Volkov and the Iron Sheik got their heat by being cheap. And that's not true, and we know it. So, good for you. Absolutely, right? And it's and it's all it depends on how you deliver it, too, right? That's that's the key. It's, it's the delivery of how you how you present yourself. You know, you're, my my gimmick's representing Donald Trump's America. You know. You know, making making wrestling great again in, in in 
in the American pro- or the Canadian provinces of Atlantic Canada, right? So that was the whole platform that I that I built my gimmick on, and I thought that as long as I can be as arrogant and uh, less condescending like Trump is, it would get over. And I thought I did a really good job on, on being able to deliver that, that chauvinistic kind of, you know, think I'm better than you and I don't give a damn what you think kind of thing. So. Absolutely, brother. That is so true. You know, they used to ask me to get on the mic, and I, I was a pretty good guy in the mic, but I, I, I like to deliver a short, powerful message versus ramble on because typically, as we know, independent sound systems on the independents sometimes are not reliable or very clear. And I used to simply Absolutely. say, let's get this clear. I'm from Canada. Boo, boo, boo. You're from the USA. Yay, yay, yay. Which means I'm great and you suck. And then you got them right there in the palm of your hand, right? You got them right from that oh, moment. Yeah. yeah. And, of course, if they know you, you know, if you wrestle there and you walk out, they don't even have to recognize you. They'll recognize that flag you were in first and just the heat is just almost immediate, which yeah, absolutely. is great. Yeah. It's, it's so true. You know, like, I, I mean, I've had people, like, come up to me afterwards, and they're like, are you really from the United States? And you're like, you're goddamn right I am. <laughs> uh, right, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and yeah. and it's, it's, it's funny because, um, you know, it, it's just like you said, and, and I did this years ago, and it's no different. You just got to act like you're better than them. And, of course, when absolutely. you do that, your people, when you walk out, and look at the crowd and give them a scowl and just shake your head. Immediately they know that you think they're better than them. And that's, of course, what we want to feel, you know. So you, right. you did fantastic, man. I, I, I got to tell you something. I've said this to, I think, Luke Hawks, who was on the show. And I can't remember who else I said it to. Uh, but I'll tell you, and this is only the second or third time in four months that they are doing this out. I would book you. Thank you. Absolutely. Uh, add, me to, add, me, add me to Facebook and we'll talk. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, I gave you that run a show down here, and I bring Alan in from four or 500 miles away. So, you know, what's the difference if I brought somebody down from, from Canada? As long as you had a passport, you know, never know what's going to yeah, happen absolutely. tomorrow. Absolutely. And, you know, the one thing I will say about, about Mark, and it, it gives me great pride when I say this, is, when Mark is in an arena or Mark is on the outside of the arena, kayfabe is not dead to him. And he tries to keep what is left of it alive. And I love that. I, I try to. I try to. Uh, I've always believed that, uh, you know, you know, like when, when I'm at, I've, when, I, when I'm out in, in things and like people like, uh, you know, wrestling's fake and, you know, it's all just, it's all just acting. And it's like, I always look at him and I'm like, well, if you really think it's fake, why don't you, uh, why don't you get in the ring and, and let me body slam you 10 times in a row, harder and harder each time. And then you tell me if it's fake, let me drop you a couple of elbows here and there. You let me tell you it's fake. You know, let me, let me punch you in the face. Right. You know, <laughs> and, and, and then most of the time they're like, well, maybe, you know, they second guess it. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Well, you know, it's, it's funny that you mentioned that because um, I, have, I have a friend of many years, 
um, who came down when I had I had a wrestling school down here for about three years. I had one back in Virginia years ago, trained a guy you might know, Joey Mercury and uh, Christian York, who were, were really good wrestlers. And uh, I had a school down here for about three or four years, but I'm in a town of a 1,000 people in literally the closest city 35 miles away. So right. I had my ring set up, and one of my friends came down, and he's like, you want to take his son over, who was about eight years old, to see the ring? And I said, sure. And I had a high spots ring, so I had a good one that, that bumped real well and didn't beat you up. And he goes, hey, can you do a move? I said, well, and I was leading him down this road. I said, well, how about I give you a body slam? And I showed him how to do it real quick, and I, I picked him up and slammed him. He's about 200 pounds. I'm about 255. I slammed him, and then he goes, want to do something else? I pull your arms to your side. I'll drop an elbow. And two things I do that have made a multi-time NWA national heavyweight champion guilt uh, is I give two things that are very firm. They don't hurt you, but they're, they're firm, if you know what I'm saying. One is right. dropping, dropping an elbow because I had a great guy who's legendary teach me how to drop it and, you know, let him know you're there. And the other yeah. one is a shoulder arm clothesline. So I said, well, how about I drop an elbow on you? So I hit the ropes, spin around, drop an elbow, and I hit him and I hear it. <laughs> and knocked the wind out of him. Took him about a minute to get it back, and then he was sick. And I said, "What's up, man?" <laughs> wow! I felt like I was hit by a freight train. I said, oh, "Don't worry, buddy. It's all fake." <laughs> and he, he's, like, he's, he's one of the guys that stood in line for three hours so his eight-year-old could meet Hulk Hogan. But I really think it was as much for him. But you know, I will give him this. Whenever I wrestled. No matter where I wrestled, within 200 miles, he was always at every show. Uh, but we met each other in the business world, and he actually ended up working for me for a couple of years. But, you know, it's like, oh, that wasn't too bad. Well, let me show you something that's a little bit more like what we do. Oh, whoa. So, you know, and, and you're exactly right. When you when you tell somebody, well, all right, it's all fake. Why aren't you doing it? Uh, you know what? I don't care who you are. Getting punched in the head. And getting body slammed and bumped out of the ring, after a while, it kind of hurts. After a while, it takes a toll, right? Exactly. Yeah. So you know, like I, I've been, I've been, I've been fortunate enough that I, you know, I haven't, I haven't been hurt very often. Like I've had two concussions, one right. just recently, and uh, I've been very fortunate. I've been, you know, doing this for 13 years. Have I been doing it religiously for 13 years every night? No. Have I been doing it every weekend every night? No. But I've been doing it for 13 years. And there were times where we've like, done four-day tours and we've done, you know, a Friday-Saturday night thing. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's uh, you know, every time you get body slammed, every time you get suplexed, every time you get punched in the face, every time you get dumped out of the ring, there's always that opportunity of it, of it going wrong. Like, I just did a spot last year, and I'm – and, you, and Nick can protest because he's seen me wrestle multiple times. I'm not somebody that does anything out of my comfort zone. So right. they kick me in this ladder match, and I'm like, okay, I'm, you know, I've only been in a couple of them. I've never really done anything big. So this year, let me try something something that I wanted to do and I wanted to feel comfortable with. So I decided to let the guy push the ladder over while I'm in the center of the ring to go through a table on the outside. Ooh. Again, that's not something that I would normally do, but I wanted to give that fa- the fans the <gasps> moment, right? I wanted to have that <gasps> moment of the night, right? right? And 
sure enough, I'm up on the ladder and the ladder gets pushed. I hit the table and I only hit the side of the table. I didn't judge it as far as I wanted it to. Table didn't break. I think maybe the legs broke at that. But I'm telling you, for like, uh, like you know, weeks, my knee was bothering me and my back was bothering me. It was, it was, a, it was you know, pretty, pretty, uh, pretty nasty bump. But <laughs> I was glad I did it though. But I kind of wish it would have went better than the way it did. My yeah. Knee, well, you know. Go ahead, Nick. No, in, in fairness, Mark, you're right. Um, when you said that about it, I can attest to because I've been watching you. You've been in this business how many years? I, I think the last time I like checked was like 13 years. Then I've been watching you for 12 and a half. And yeah. <laughs> I know how good you are. I, not, not only have I watched you, I've also been on the receiving end of a kick or two. And <laughs> you are a professional. And I, and I mean that, and I'm not just blowing smoke. I mean that. You are a professional. And I've always told you, you've got the gift of, of uh, Shawn Michaels in this business, and you've got the gab of a Bret Hart in this business. So you've been very fortunate, and you were trained by Wayne Kreiderman, yes? Absolutely, and I and I owe everything to Wayne Kreiderman because if it wasn't for Wayne, I wouldn't be where I am today. And that's what I mean, though. You've been able to take every bit of the tools that somebody along the way have given you. Of course, we know who built your foundation, Wayne Kreiderman, which we will talk about. But he built your foundation, but you've always been open ears and willing to, to criticize and take knowledge in from other legends, other greats, Hall of Famers, anyone that wants to tell you something, you're always right there to listen and you don't take it personal. And I think that's been a major factor in your career. Yeah, absolutely. And and, and that's what I tell, you know, the guys that are like getting in getting into the circuit now, right? It's like if you don't ask me to watch your match or if you don't ask somebody that has more experience than you to watch your match and, 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 and give you pointers, then how are you going to learn, right? And I've always done that. You know, I've been on shows with, like, Kurt Angle. I've been on shows with Hacksaw Jim Duggan. And I've been on shows with Brody Steele. And he's, you know, for that guy, he's, he's doing a lot of things at his age, like, you know, going overseas and he's wrestling in India and he's wrestling in – you know, England and all that stuff and, you know, and, and wrestling the great Kelly and one of the biggest, the biggest shows of all time. And, you know, even I've asked him like, you know, Hey, can you like watch this stuff? And, you know, although from all those guys, when they, when they tell me something, I always make sure that what they tell me, like even cowboy Mike Hughes, I remember one time I asked him and he was just like, when you're selling, he's like, sell through the second and top rope, not the bottom and the second rope. I never really understood why. And then once I went back and I watched, I can totally understand why. And he explained it to me and I totally got it. So from now on, I always make sure like when I'm taking a bump or if I'm doing something and I'm trying to make the good guy look spectacular as I can, that that selling. And even when I'm in the, in the baby face role and uh, you know, I'm selling it so that it's, it's, it's visual enough for everybody to see. Right. So, and I think that's, that's the key is that you have to be able to teach. You also have to be able to learn to listen and you also have to be able to respect those guys that have paved the way before you. 
Hey, Mark, didn't didn't Wayne get trained by Al Snow? Uh, yeah, Wayne uh, Wayne got trained by uh, by Al Snow in uh, in uh, in Ohio. Yeah, and, super good uh, friend of mine. When, when, when Al Snow when Al Snow got called up to WWE, uh, he asked Wayne to take over uh, his school, and it's been that way kind of since. And then Wayne obviously moves around a bit, and uh, he did some stuff here in St. John, New Brunswick, and now he's in uh, he's in Ontario, and and we we sometimes get invited up there and do shows up there, so. Yeah, I know. I I know. I know who he is. I'm fr- I'm really good friends with Al Snow. So, um, a matter of fact, okay. He he. When I went to WWE in '96, he was up there. I got made an official member of the Job Squad. So enough said. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, great guy. And if Al, uh, you know, the thing about Al is Al's an outside the box thinker, which I love. And uh, right. You know, he's uh, when the guy I trained, Chris in New York, got a deal with TNA. Al was one of the agents down there at the time, or or had, had worked his way a little bit higher up than that. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, I've known Al for since probably '96. So great guy. And if, if Al, the great thing about it is if Al trained him, he's got a skill set. You know, he was trained by a thoroughbred. So. He can pass that plus what he knows on. So um, I'm trying to think of the name that I saw a Matt him wrestle a long time ago. Uh, Crusher. Crusher Klein. That's it. That's it. There you go. There you go. And he also did a a Mr. Clean gimmick. Yeah, I I don't remember that, but I remember (laughs) I knew he did Crusher something. I couldn't think of it. But yeah, I know exact. I know exactly who he is. So uh, yeah, what yeah. a great guy to get trained by, man. I mean, you know, you, these days when you can get trained by somebody who's been trained by somebody, I mean, you you got such a big advantage to it because he's going to teach you not just what Al learned, but also what he learned. So you get the knowledge of both guys instead of just one. So I mean, it's really a a, a great field of training. Hey, I, I had a couple questions, I, standard questions I asked guests, if you don't mind. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I always say that to, to young guys that ask me, you know, that are struggling, I always ask them, well, how many matches do you have in? And I've always considered the gold standard of, like, the light bulb moment usually comes, give or take 50 or so, about 300 matches. When you get, like, 300 under your belt, um, I really think, you, and, and, you know, you may train at a school two hours a day, count that as time as, 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 as ring time, but I think around between usually that two and 300 mark is when people kind of get that light bulb moment where, well, I think when you get that moment and you, 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 you say, wow, I really get it now, when do you think that moment was for you? Do you have a defining moment or a match? Usually it's a match with somebody. And you come out of there and you're like, I think I finally get this, you know? Um, I don't know if there was an actual defining moment or like a match. Um, so when I first started, I got trained by uh, Emile Dupree and okay. uh, for, you know, and uh, his son, Jeff. And, you know, we went through like the basic stuff. And then the next thing, you know, went, like a couple months go by and they stick us in the Grand Prix. So, 
and that and that and that was cool in its own. You know, Grand Prix was big here in the Maritime. You know, 50th anniversary tour, my very first match, and and all that oh, stuff. Yeah. Fast forward years later, and then Wayne Kreiderman, when I first meet Wayne, and I don't know him from a hole in the ground, and I'm still as green as green can be, and he's, like, critiquing me like crazy. And what I what I always heard from about Wayne was that, oh, he just had mats here, and he was just teaching guys. So I said, well, what does this guy really know? Right? Well, what does this guy really know if he's, like, just teaching guys on mats? And that's and that was my mentality then. But then again, I was only, like, in my 20s, too, at the same time, right? And, uh, you know, fast forward a little bit later and he's coming down and he wants to do a seminar and he's like, he's encouraging all these guys. And so he does this seminar. And I think that's the moment, if I, if anything, that my light bulb kind of went off because he was like, he's like, there's always a reason why you do something. He's like, you just don't do a move because you want to do a move because it looks cool. It has to be a reason why. Like if I put the guy in a corner and I'm going to run in, and I'm going to give him a big splash, and he moves. Well, why is he going to move? Right? So now I look at it. Okay, well, that first time I went in the corner, and I go in for a big splash, I'm going to nail it. Right? But right. the next time I'm going to whip him in the corner, he's going to move because he's already, he's already had that done to him. He's experienced that. He knows what's coming next. So that's – and it was, it was those, those things where he was teaching me those, the, the psychology of things on how to put things in different places and, uh, you know, sure. just being able to tell that story a little bit differently. And I thought that, you know, maybe that would probably have been my, my moment where everything started clicking. Cause then I started realizing, okay, I need to think about this a lot differently. And I, and I started building my matches a lot differently. Like I always started building my matches from the beginning to the end, but Wayne always right. taught us, no, pick the finish and go from the finish back. Exactly. And, and, even even still, like now, I get to get to get to the get the shows, and I sit down with the guys, and I'm like, all right, so this is what do you, what do you, what do you, what do you want to do for a finish? How do we want? Or you know, I'll go up to the promoter, like, what do you what do you want for our finish? They'll tell you, and then you're like, okay, so this is what they want. So how do we get to that point? And I right. think that's what a lot of walk up to that point at the end, and does every dot connect along the way? to make it tell a story, make sense psychologically so people can follow it and stay emotionally involved in it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and then, and then, and then you, as you go along and you're through your match, right, you got those, like, you know, those, those moments where you say that, you know, I take a second and let the, let the guy sell or whatever, right? To me, I do it for a couple of reasons. One, I've been taught that everything, you have to make sure everything registers. If I hit you with a clothesline and a back elbow and then a and then a drop kick and then a big suplex, what is the last thing? It's all in sequence. Boom, 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 boom. What what are they going to remember? Well, they're going to remember the suplex because that was the last thing, right? But yeah. if I you know if I knock the guy down and then I you know and I and I throw my arms in the air and I tell him I'm the greatest in the world, well they're gonna they're gonna remember. Well, he knocked that guy down with a big clothesline or he, you know he gave him a big shoulder block or a block or whatever, right? You know all those. And, it, right. and as, you, as you go along and you're telling that story, right, they're seeing that side of the thing. Of, okay, this is an arrogant son of a BS, right? And the other guy, he, you know, it, 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 it's, it's, it's magic. To me, I find it's magic. And to be able to tell that story and to be able to, to, to do it with somebody that you can trust and to be able to do it with somebody that, is, that understands it just as much more. Like, there's guys that I've been in the ring with, like, 
And I, I don't know if you've heard of these guys, but like Dick Dernan, you know, Wesley Pipes, you know, guys like that, like, you know, that I've been in the ring with that they get it. They've gone through the same training that I've gone through. They've, you know, they've done the Wayne Kreidem and seminar. They've been to WWE, you know, they've, they've, they've had their moments. And, and those, I find when I'm in those type of matches with those type of guys, the chemistry, the everything, it's just the way it flows and the way we think of things. It's just, it's, it's, it's undescribable how much different it is when you're in with somebody that, you know, that doesn't have that kind of training. And I'm not, I'm not criticizing anybody's different training because everybody trains a different way right but everybody has a different mindset on how they look at things and it's like right. life in general right everybody everybody looks at life a little bit differently so right. that's the way i look at it and, and i think that that the key is, is trying to get everybody on that same level is 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 the magic that makes wrestling so special oh you're absolutely right man and you know you, you said it um, you do two moves, and they're, you do three moves, they remember the last one. So why did you waste those previous two moves? It's two left bumps right. in your bump card, and it didn't make any sense. And you're exactly right. And, you know, I tell people, study my two Rickies, Ricky Morton and Ricky Steamboat. Learn to sell like those guys did. You know, they're classic sellers. Learn to be able to sell. And as, as the healer to babyface, learn to be able to give that t- guy time to sell. You know, right. before you just go and snatch them up because it doesn't make any sense. It's got to connect the dots. I always say this. The finish is a means to an end. What you do from the time you step in that ring to that finish, it better be like a connect the dots or a jigsaw puzzle. If you're doing a jigsaw puzzle and it's 100 pieces, you can jam two or three ugly ones in there and they'll fit. But when you get done, the picture's not the same. So every right. piece has to be put in exactly the right spot in the right order to end up with that beautiful picture at the end. And what we do is the same thing, man. And I think that I think that what you would find if you came down here, you'd find like all the guys that I use on a regular basis, everybody thinks the same way. You know, when I have a show, I'll go to two guys and say, look, I'm putting the baby over. What do you want to do for a finish? Good. Okay. Work backwards. Whenever I, when I'm on a show, I'll take the third and fourth match guys and I'll get them over. And I say, watch the first two matches. If the first match is a finish with a sunset flip, guess what? A sunset flip is enough now a false finish for you guys because somebody's right. already been picked with it. So they're going to see that and think this is the end of the match, but it's not. Well, as with the schoolboy, for the second one, somebody later in the car, do a schoolboy because they're going to think that, oh, this is it because they saw somebody get beat with that move earlier. So you can yeah. use the psychology of picking those finishes and putting them somewhere in your match where they make sense, and people actually think the match, oh, it's going to be over, it's going to be over. And actually it was a false finish, but it was a real finish earlier. See, I think most of the guys that you find that get it are going to have your mindset because I know I always start with a finish and work backwards. It just works so much better and easier for me. And, you know, most of the time I, I, I read a couple of spots, but I call everything out there most of the time. And, of course, being a heel, I, 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 you can never accuse me about wrestling the baby face. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a kicker, scratcher, biter, type, use, the, use the turnbuckle type guy. So yeah. um, who do you think, out of all the people that you've been with, what do you feel is your best match that you've had? Oh wow! Um, geez, there's been there's been a there's been a, there's been a lot there's been a lot of good matches that I've had. Um, I could I could tell you the the dog collar match. I 
the dog collar I had match. Uh, <laughs> let me rephrase that. The dog collar match I had with Johnny Versace and Freddington, that that ranks up there quite well. Um, I had a strap match with Chris Hicks and Moncton. That the 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 match itself and the build for that for IHW was was unbelievable. Chris had a Chris had a uh, a ruptured lung. And they told him he would never be able to wrestle again, and and uh, he went and got his he's got his lung fixed and surgery operated on it there or whatever, and so we we built a storyline on how he couldn't breathe and you know all that stuff and it, it just and it just led into so much natural things that we did and then the, and then the the uh, the the strap match or the uh, cowbell match sorry it wasn't a strap match it was a it was an old fashioned cowbell yeah and. Uh, you know that that one there. You know, there's been countless amount of times I've wrestled Dick Dernan and 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 Wesley Pipes, and you know, there, there's so many different guys. And I and I don't want to just name one because the moment I name one, I can always probably name another three more that were probably just right. as good. Right. Well, right. You know, so your 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 best match and your favorite match are really two different things. I mean, I never ask a favorite opponent because they don't want you to pick somebody out. But your best match, yeah. you know, and then I like the. I say, what was your favorite match? Because sometimes your favorite match is really not the same as your best match. And I'm, I'm like you. I, I would never. I, it's hard to name one person. Um, but you know, over the years, you look back and you kind of think, you know, which one did I leave the ring feeling like we gave it? You know, hopefully it's all of them where you don't have anything left. But you know, you had the build up, you had the match. The, it went as planned. The crowd was into it the whole time. It was a, a great finish. But, you know, like you said with that one, the buildup is as important as the matches. If it's built right. I mean, you look at Andre and Hogan at WrestleMania, that was built up for 13 months. I mean, right. that's why it was so impressive. And people say, well, Steamboat and Savage were the best matches. No, they weren't because the best match was the match that filled the Silverdome. <laughs> that was the best match. Absolutely, <laughs> so, right? You know, uh, um, so, so to answer, answer your question, my fa- my favorite match of all time is what I will have to say is the one with Chris Six. The the way it was built, the way it was delivered, the you know the open the opening of it, even like just teasing getting the getting the strap on because he wanted me so bad, and you know, and I was you know. Saying that, you know, I don't really want to put that strap on. There's no way you're going to make me put that strap on kind of thing. And, uh, you know, he finally he finally gets me, you know, he brings me the hard way in. And, uh, you know, I try to squirm my way out of the ring, and then he pulls me in the set of the ring, and then he just stands on my wrist. Right? And I have nowhere to go. Right? You know, just just from that moment on, and then the finish with a, with a huge guitar shot to the head where it explodes. After oh, a yeah. false finish, where you know, after a false finish where I, you know, we were doing the whole. It didn't matter if it was pinfall submission or you tag all four in a row, but I tagged three in a row, and and uh, I give Chris or Chris goes to give me something, and I poke the referee's eye by an accident. And by my hand flailing, so the referee doesn't see it. And I, and I take the get out of the move, and I take the uh, I take the um, I take the uh, the 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 the, the, 
the rope off and I tagged the fourth buckle, but the referee doesn't see the rope off. So they ring the bell and then the booze just go through the roof because they've all seen me take the rope off. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. And then and then you got the referee trying to raise your hand and you're like trying to hold it and hide it. And then obviously the referee smartens up and sees it and has no choice but to restart it for only him to hit me with the guitar and bid me one, two, three to get a much bigger reaction, which it was it, it, it was it was an unbelievable feeling. I felt like when I was done that match, it was it was one of those ones that I could just I sat back and I thought about. It. I said that was that was perfect. It couldn't have gone any better than that. Yeah, I'm a I'm a big fan of Canadian wrestling, especially in the Maritime. So I'm pretty familiar with the guys that you speak of, just so you know. And I, I do my research and, and stuff when I when we have a guest on that I that I don't know. I did I did know who you were um, because of the American flag thing, and I watched the match with you. But Chris Six, does he spell his name with a K? Yes, he does. Okay, I know who he is. Yep, I know who he is. Um, I try to keep up on everybody um, that is from an area like uh, I'm friends with Bruce Hart. I did probably 20 straight appearances on his show. And so I, before I did that, I probably spent two weeks researching the history of Stampede Wrestling. And, you know, Nick will tell you, I'm, I, I don't consider myself an expert on it by any stretch of the imagination but I'm familiar with the promotion and its entire duration and the stars of it. And I try to always keep up with the Maritimes because I was on, on, on Nick's show going back seven years. So before I ever went on, I did my research on it. So I would kind of be familiar with, with everybody and I stay on top of it. So I'm familiar with exactly who you're talking about. And, uh, That's good, you know, yeah, I heard nothing but good things about him too. So. Yeah. He's, he's an amazing, he's amazing. Now, let me ask you a question. What was your what was your longest match? Do you have any idea, roughly? Uh, Rumble matches, maybe. I don't know. Uh, probably a good a good twenty twenty uh, twenty five minute match. I think I had with uh, with uh, well, I think that Chris Six was a good fifteen fifteen twenty. Uh, the Versace match where he did the last, you know, anything that's a special attraction, I always try to drag it out a little bit further. Um, sure, absolutely. But, uh, I was just going to say that about your Versace match. I thought, if I remember correctly, your Versace match first game near 25 minutes. Yeah, I would, I would say so. And that, and, and even that one, you know, me being, me being in the opposite role. Instead of being the heel, I was being the baby face. So for and 25 minutes and then the false finish at the end of that one was even better, right? So, you know, it, it's, like, it's a half a dozen of one. It's a half a dozen one, half a dozen of the other, right? So it's it's one of those things that's just, you know, I take, I, I, I take nothing away from any of the guys that I've been in the ring with or anything like that. I, you know, right, it's, right, it's, yeah. it's, 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 it takes two to tangle. Right, and it takes two to tell a story. It takes two to deliver. And those two boys, when it came when it came to do the when it came to do the work, we both delivered, and they delivered at the same time. And it was and it, to me those will always be special moments for me. That's fantastic, man. That sounds sounds really good. So, what do you where do you see yourself in the next? Uh between the next year and the next three years, what do you, where, what's your aspirations? Where do you want to go? What do you want to do? Me, I just want to wrestle. 
But right now, right now, like, I, like I, I'm gonna admit here on air, like I suffer from anxiety and and stuff, and I've been diagnosed with uh, generalized anxiety two years ago, and uh, it got a little, it got really bad to the point where I needed to start getting mental health and things like that. Sure. Uh, last September, I took a big, I, I took a big chair shot that was that was done accidentally wrong. I gave me a concussion and I had no desire to want to go back. I said none. And uh, I, I honestly wasn't having fun with it anymore. Not that it, wrestling's all about having fun, but I mean, it, my passion wasn't there. Yes, and, right. uh, you know, when, 20, when 2020 turned around and I said to myself, I remember, I remember laying on my couch and I said to myself, you know, I had to stop feeling sorry for myself. I had to stop letting this anxiety run my life and making me feel the way I feel like I, cause I wanted, I, I said, I got to do what I got to do. That makes me, me. So I reached out to, you know, a promotion here and I was like, listen, I'm coming back and I want to wrestle again. And they were happy to receive me. They were like, when were you thinking? I was like, well, I'm not in great shape right now because I hadn't been taking care of myself. And that's on me. That's not on anybody else. It's just a, my eating habits, not going to the gym, you know, not doing anything that I should have been doing. And because I didn't have that passion to want to even do it anymore. And, and I kind of let that all go away. And uh, so since then, like I've been in the gym quite a bit. I changed my eating habits. I'm now on a low carb, high fat diet. I've, I've lost some weight. I've, you know, I've, I've uh, like, or not weight, but I've lost some fat, but also maintained the size and maintain the same weight, which is good. And uh, so I told him, I said, let me give me till June and let me see where I'm at in June. Because I figured four months of, of following this diet hardcore, which I've done really, really well, which is really hard for me because for me, I, I love my food. I love my coffee, right? I love my, all that, my triggers, all that stuff. And, uh, you know, I, I noticed a lot of difference, like in just like looking at myself in the mirror and I'm, and I thought four months is going to be a long time, but, at the end of the day, it's going to be well worth it, and I just want to work. doesn't matter where it is. You know, if, if I'm only limited to working here in the Maritimes, fine. You know, if I get another call-up to go to WWE, even better. If I get a chance to, you know, to, to go to, you know, anywhere in the state, fine. That's, you know, that's, that's, that's all that this is, right? It's, just what, it's what I love to do. And I would never restrict myself of where I can and can't go, right? I have some amazing friends. My parents are behind me. And I have a very special someone in my life that uh, that has changed the way, well, not changed the way, but helped me get to a much more positive situation. I've done most right. of the work myself. He's a constant reminder of how positive I can be and how I should be. And, uh, right. you know, she supports me 100%, and I know she's listening. And, uh, you know, so it's, it's all it's, it's all these things that, you know and all she wants you to do is succeed and be and be happy well as well right so right where wrestling takes me coming from you know when i go back i'm up for anything and everything if i go to japan i go to japan if i go to if i go to you know to come down and work for you then that's that that's another an achievement that i'm that i'm proud of it's it's all about just putting the time in and just doing what i love to do because it's the only thing that i've ever noticed in my life besides, you know, my family and a couple of special people in my life that has actually loved me and I've loved it back and it's never hurt me. And right. well, one thing know, that, I, that I absolutely love about this business. 
Well, I, I appreciate your honesty. And, you know, we, we all go through that. Wrestling is a business where I think that um, it, it attracts the type of person, um, a lot of guys, and I have a private group called Wrestling with Depression, and it's for people in the business with depression and anxiety because it is a big thing in the business. And, you know, you, you have to take care of that part of you, and you have to have a good attitude. I want to read you something that I posted on my page and in that group the other day, if you'll let me. Absolutely. So professional wrestling is not something you do. It is who you are. It's not a vocation, but rather a calling of sorts. Never get in it for the money, but instead because of the passion. Passion will sustain you when you struggle, and trust me, you will. I'm gonna, I'm gonna definitely join that group because I actually like that. That's that. That's exactly Thanks. the way I look at things now. All right. Yeah. Well, hit me up. Hit me up, and Nick will give you the information. But uh, you can put Cue Ball Carmichael on Facebook, and it'll come up Christopher L. Jackson, which is my real name. Um, but yep. you know, join the page. I got a private group I've had for five years called Cue Ball's Corner Pocket, and there's guys like I don't know if you remember Adam Baum, uh, Brian Clark, Chronic. Uh, he's yep. in there. Full Payne, who was a uh, was a journeyman wrestler for years, in there. Frankie Kiosk is in there. Who just uh, he just did an uh, a independent uh, documentary called Journeyman, which Nick was that off the charts or what? I, I I'm going to he's not on the show, so I don't going to blow smoke. Uh, best 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 documentary I've ever watched. And Mark, when the when it becomes available, I can tell you now that if you sit down and watch it, you're like me, you're a lifer, you know how much you love it, and this will blow your mind and make you love the business just that much more. You know, yeah. one thing Wayne always, Wayne always told us, and, uh, and it's always stuck in my mind, you know, everybody's like, do the drives, do the, you know, take the flights and all that stuff, and which, which is absolutely amazing, right? And, uh, and, uh, Wayne was like, when you start to hate the drives and you start to hate the long roads, that's when you know you absolutely love this business. That's True right. Story. True and story, man. I've always, and there's been times I'm like, oh my God, I got to drive four hours to go do a show at Miramichi. All right, or I got to drive like five hours to do a show in Halifax, or even <laughs> even I got to drive all the way to you know to, to to Ontario just to do like a fifteen minute match. You know, it's like God, I don't really want to do that. But when you do it, and then you get there, and you're like, man, it was all worth it. Yeah. Oh yeah. And we we used to do this drive you love. I lived outside of Washington D.C. in Virginia, and. Uh, the guys that I trained, Christian York and Joey Mercury, lived there, and a guy named Jimmy Cicero, the wise guy Jimmy Cicero, lived there too. And so did Julio De Niro. So we would all jump in the car on Friday, and we drive four and a half hours to Pittsburgh, and we wrestle Friday night. Then we drive right back past my house, sleep for two hours, get up and come six hours the opposite direction down to Goldsboro, North Carolina, wrestle Saturday yep. night. Then we get back in the car and we have to drive straight back to Pittsburgh to do a Sunday afternoon matinee, but it was Steel City Wrestling. And at the time, they had Fox Television on Friday night at 7 o'clock. So you never wanted to miss one of their shows, but there'd be 
one, inevitably, it was six hours in the opposite direction. It was about 1,278 <laughs> miles for the weekend. And then if we were Cicero and I were booked for years as extras for WWE on Monday and Tuesday nights. And so then we'd have a lot of those once a month. They'd be on the East Coast, and they would have us, just two of us, go take off and, you know, drive from Virginia to, to Long Island Coliseum, which is six hours, then drive right. back to Madison Square Garden the next night, and then drive home. But, you know, sometimes that, and back then it was different. There was so much, it was, a, it was an independent circuit of sorts back then in the mid-90s, late 90s. So it was just one of those things where, you know, you just did it because, and, and the drives were held, don't get me wrong. But, you know, it's just, it just one of those things where it was like, you just did it. You know, you wanted to wrestle. You were booked in good places that paid decent money. You could make some money back then on gimmicks. And it was just one of those things that you just did. And you never thought about it two years later. And you're like, wow, I bought that new Honda Accord. And four years later, it had 256,000 miles on it. And I only drove yeah. half the time. That's the business you're right And you're going to get to the point where you You don't like the road trips But if you can find somebody to jump in with you Or a couple guys It just makes it so much easier You know Absolutely You always always want those guys that you know That you can can have a good time with Right And and laugh and joke Because it makes that drive a lot easier Right, and, or or you can like there's times like I I've been in road trips where where guys are like, man, this is what I want to do tonight, and it, it just listening to them, right? It's it's, yeah. it's it's so refreshing to be around that, and that and that's and that's the one thing that I love about those drives. Like I'm not saying I always hated the drives, it, it's just the length of them is it's like you know whatever. But oh, like yeah. that car gets going, and 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 the, and the conversations get going, and the and the laughing gets going, and and anybody that knows me knows me that I'm a I'm a I'm a guy that that likes to make people laugh, and I like to like I, I like to have fun. And to me, when you're in a car like that, and it makes that drive go that much more enjoyable, then it's it's that much more tolerable too. At the same time, oh, absolutely. We used to play this game where uh, we'd go around the car, and I'd I'd have to have a wrestler where his first name started with A, and then it would go B C D. And then we come back around and be EFG, and we would go through it, and then we do it again where the wrestler's last name had to start with A, and then yeah. we do it where yeah. we work backwards to the alphabet, which actually is harder than it sounds. So you know you do those things, and if you had younger guys in there, you'd run the rolling classroom for a little while, and but you know that's that's what makes the business great. And when you can, you know, when you sit there one day and you have, you know, be blessed to have thirty-five years in the business. In, in various capacities, you look back at it and go, you know what, man, I can pick up my phone and call any one of 25 guys and have a conversation for an hour with them and laugh and joke and kid around. It just That's when you like, you know, success is not always based on dollars and cents. It's based on relationships that you forge with people over the years and what you have when you get older that you can look back on. That's really a successful life, so. You know, you're going in the right direction. There are guys now that, like, you know, that, you know, if I'm, if I'm, I'm comfortable enough that if I'm having a personal issue that I can, I can reach out to them. 
and they understand, and they're, and they're right there. They've always been there, and, and you know, and, and that's the kind of friendship that I serve so much, right? And uh, you know, you know, and, and I've been, you know, I've been fortunate enough to make some great friends in this business. And like you said, like I, you know, I have I've heard guys say, you know, wrestling. If you're not in it to make money, then you're not in it for the right reason, right? Yes, I'm in it to make money. Do I want to lose money? Frigo, nobody wants to lose money. Right. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I went to the show. I I got my PO that I asked for. I come home. Do I still have money in my pocket? Am I up? If I'm up, then I'm okay. Right? right. It's the moments when it's the moments when you come home and you're like, man, you know, I just busted my ass for 25 minutes, but I'm out two hundred dollars because I took a day off of work or I took, you know, that. It's like, well, what was the point of that? But then you look back and you're like, well, I got a chance to spend some time with my friends and 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 you know, guys that I really like being around. Sure. So there's a, there's a positive side of that too, right? My oh, sure. What I what I want what I want for myself and what I need for myself is to know that I can still make the money and still be able to have that fun and still be able to come back home and say you know what that was an amazing weekend I might not have made a shit ton of money but I made enough money to say you know what hey I'm okay and that's and that's the way I look, that's the way I look at it you know and in, in, in five years you'll forget about the day's pay you lost and you'll remember the memories. And that's the stuff yeah. that's priceless. You know, money's always a byproduct of passion. If you're doing something you love, money's going to be a byproduct of the passion. You know, I had years on the Indies where I made over a hundred thousand dollars in the nineties. Right. But you know what? It was it, I. I always kept a full-time sales job where I could work whenever I wanted. I had my benefits. But you know, yeah. the point was it, it wasn't even about the money because the money gets spent, the houses get bought and sold, the cars get traded in. That's the stuff yep. you don't remember. The stuff you remember is the time that you spend in a ring with a guy where you put years of sacred trust in wrestling, where I put my yep. life in your hands and you put your life in my hands. And at the end of yep. the match, we come back a little bit of winded, maybe a little banged up, where we can look at each other and give each other a nod and say, how was it? It was great. It was good. It was okay. Whatever, whatever it is. And, you know, there's a certain bond that's created between you and that guy in that ring that is eternal. Yeah, and that's, absolutely. That's what you're going to remember, brother. That's absolutely right. There's nothing better than I. There's nothing better that I like to do, and and I and I don't and I don't indulge like I don't indulge this kind of secret very often. But there's nothing there's nothing better that I like to do than I go out and do my thing, you know, with the guy that I'm working with. Come back, you know. We talk about okay, how did it go? It was you know well, and and I want him to tell me if he thought I was. Right, and I want, and I want to be able to say, you know what? I thought, you know, you were the shits, but you know what? Let's have a beer. We'll get over it next time. We'll kill it. Right, absolutely. You know, and and I'll sit and I'll have a beer in the locker room after I'm done, and you know, and 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 even when you have a great match, it's like, man, that that fucking match was awesome. Let's have a beer. Let's you know, let's you know, let's relish in that in that moment that we just you know tore the house down, or we. You know, we we set something up for the even bigger finish, right? You know, all that shit, right? And and, and, that, and that's and that's the way I and that's the way I live my life now, right? It's like when I have like friends over and stuff, and you know, we're like, you know, watching a hockey game, or we're, you know, we're, we're we're doing things. It's like you know, it's 
You know, this game is a shit. It's like Montreal's losing 2 nothing or whatever, right? And they've lost the game 8 nothing. But you know what? It didn't matter that Montreal lost the game. We sat here. We had a good time. We laughed. We joked. Had a couple of had a couple of cold ones. And at, at, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what happens. As long as, you know, everybody's happy and everybody, everybody, everybody's passionate about the same thing. Sure. I like, and you'll forget who won the game. You'll forget who won the game. And you'll remember when your buddies came over and watched the hockey game, and you'll be like, "Well, I don't even know if we won or lost." <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Right. I, I, I'm at the point in my life. I'm at the point in my life where it's just everything has to be positive in my life. Yeah. Because for too long, absolutely. too long, it was negative. Too long, it was it was the anxiety, and too long, where I just I would get hard on myself because I'm like, man, I could have been better. Man, I could have did this better. I could have done that better. Right, I, oh, I yeah. wish I would have been this spot better, right? But that's normal. And then, it's like, and then it's like, why didn't I do this instead of that? And then I'm like critiquing myself, and then I'm like, oh my. And then and then it just drives you nuts. So now it's just like, you know what? I'm not going to worry about that because I did the best that I could with what I had and what we did. And if it was great and top notch, perfect. If it was bad, which I'm, I'm going to admit, I've had some bad batches. You know, everybody does. You know, and and you know, next time I wrestle that guy, I want to make sure I give that guy a better match because I know that I can give that guy a better match. Just like I know that if it, 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 he can give me that better match, because there's nothing I want to do more than, especially when I'm doing my job as as the heel, to make that guy the star, right? So, so when the fans leave, they like they don't give a shit about the guy carrying the American flag. What they cared about was the guy that may get American player getting his ass kicked by that other guy who was getting his ass kicked for three quarters of the match. That's what they care about, right? Sure, that's all exactly. they want, right? Exactly. You know, and, yeah. and if it goes the other way, then they're like, man, that. And I'm going to excuse my language, but man, that effing American prick just cheated his whole way through that match and then cheated in the finish. Man, I want to see him get his get his head kicked in. So Absolutely. therefore, you know what? They're, they're paying to see that next match so that they're going to get my head kicked. In more podcasts, you can say what you want to say. It's okay. But I'm going to tell you something, Mark. Every wrestler who's ever been worth their 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 boots and their singlet is a guy who's the most critical person of himself of anybody. We are the most super critical people. We'll watch one of our own matches and we'll cringe and look at it sideways. And he's like, oh, I should have done this there. I should have done this. I should have done that. And that's, that's, that's something nobody could ever be as hard or as critical on us as ourselves. And that's just being, that's just being passionate and caring about what you do and the performance that you have. And like you said, making that guy look like a million bucks and giving the people what they want. That's just part of us. We're super hypercritical of ourselves to the point of being almost, almost when you look back on it, ridiculously hard on ourselves. But that's what makes yeah, us different. That's what makes us different than the guy who never goes to the gym, who has spaghetti arms and a beer belly and wears a T-shirt and only wants to wrestle so he can go to the bar on Saturday night three, four times, five times, and wrestle once so he can tell his friends he's a wrestler. That's that guy. That's not us. We're yeah. the guys who are super hypercritical on ourselves and just malign ourselves left and right and say, oh, I should have done this, I should have done that. And that's why when I watch matches for guys, um, I always watch the match with no volume. 
And I watched the match, and I, I make notes. Last, last one I watched for a guy, it was a 12-minute match. I had 14 pages of notes. And yep. then I went through and watched it with the sound on. And in my opinion, it, and I went over the things with him that I thought he could do better or different because he asked me to. It wasn't unsolicited advice. But I yep. was to say, what was the crowd's reaction? Because they're really the paying customer. You know what I mean? The, the promoter's the middleman. We're the talent. But they're the people that are paying us. Did they respond right like they should have at a certain time? Because sometimes I'm watching Max, it's not that great. But then I play it back with sound, and the crowd is into it. And then I'm like, yeah. well, that's what really matters. I'm going to help this guy change a couple, two, three things around, um, make it a little, a little more sense, and put things in the right spot. But, hey, the crowd was into it. They loved it. You know, when the heel went over, there was a big pop, and that's what really matters. So, But we're, 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 we'll never have – I always tell Nick this. Five-star matches are at the end of the rainbow with unicorns, the leprechaun, the pot of gold, and all the other stuff that's imaginary in the world. That's what a five-star match is, is because there's never really been a five-star match. It's a figment of people's imagination. So I never worry about trying to have that. If you please the crowd, you've done your job. But you're, even then, in your greatest match, you're going to be critical of yourself because that's us. Right. One, it's, one, and it's, the same, it's the same thing in life, too, right? You know, Oh, it's not just wrestling, but it's life too. We criticize ourselves in life too, right? And and, oh, and you know, and maybe it's maybe we're a little harder when we're like entertaining, but you know, I well, I'm not proud of the way I, I I've looked over the last months, and I criticize myself for that. But I have people telling me, "Oh, you look fine. You look fine. You know, whatever, right? Yeah, okay, yeah. You think I look fine, and that's great. And I appreciate those compliments, and I appreciate. You know, you're trying to give me all the support, that, you know, and, 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 and all that stuff. But my mind, I'm thinking, yeah, okay, yeah, I may look okay, but I got to look better, right? And sure. I don't need to be reminded, like, 24-7, like, you know, if I go into a locker room and I take my shirt off and somebody refers to me like looking like a bag of milk, I don't need to be reminded that because I already know, Right. Am I right. doing the things that I need to do? To, am I doing the things that I do that I need to do it? Sometimes yes, sometimes no. And again, I'm not making excuses, you know, because of you know my anxiety or anything like that. It's just I sometimes don't have the desire to want to be in the gym. But now I'm in the gym, and I'm you know, and a lot of it is because I don't have anybody to work out with. I like to have that social action where you know I'm making sure I'm doing things right. I'm making sure. You know that uh, you know my reps are good, and that somebody's driving me as, as well as I'm driving them. But now I've learned. Now I've learned that you know I don't need that. I can just do my own thing, and do it to the best that I can do it. And hopefully I'm doing it right. And if I'm not doing it right, I'm hoping that somebody in the gym that that that's in great shape is going to say, "Hey man, you know uh, you know that bench press that you're doing there, you're coming a little too low, or you're you know you're not keeping your arms at a sure. 90 degree, or you know that kind of stuff." Sure. That, that's yeah. that, that's that's cool. I went from being a, uh, a wrestler to being a police officer, and I'll watch my body cam footage back, and my sergeant will be like, "Oh, you handled that perfect." I go watch my body cam footage back, and I'm like, "Oh, I should have said this to him. I shouldn't have said that. I should have." So I went from a business where you're getting filmed once in a while to critique yourself, where you're getting filmed every day and every call, and you go back and critique yourself and tear yourself apart. So I think I went from bad to worse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, 
mean is we're 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 our own we're our own demon. We we are. We are. We're our own we're our own worst enemy and are our own best friend, depending on the day yeah. or the minute or the hour. Yeah, that was the word I was looking for. I couldn't think of what it was. <laughs> let, me let, let me let Nick say a few words. I know he's dying too. Yeah, what Nick's dying to say is that a few words and, and, and you know, it, I'll make it real simple. Uh, we're, we're well past live and we're recording. And obviously this is going to be available, Mark, uh, tomorrow, well, tonight at some point on all major podcast platforms. So those who were listening live were most likely just cut off uh, about, oh, 22 minutes ago. But That'll they'll be, Yeah, yeah. They'll be able to download it tomorrow and uh, well, listen to the whole show. I'm writing a Facebook status right now because I knew I had a few people that were on there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> also wrote here's the, one. Here's the deal. You got two brothers that obviously click on the same level, talking wrestling, never met each other yeah. in their life, and they spent an hour and 22 minutes on the phone, and they could probably easily go another hour. So there you go. Yep. That's when you know the that's when you know the shoe fits, brother. That's <laughs> why I always say, anytime I'm talking to Q on the phone, if we're if Melissa and I are sitting here watching a movie and my FaceTime rings, and I say, oh, it's Q. And she'll say, okay, so do I pause it or do I just shut it off? Well, if I'm not talking 15, shut it off. But if, if I'm back at 15, we'll continue watching. You can't promise me nothing. <laughs> and, you know, birds, birds of a feather flock together. There you go. That's all you can say. Hey, hey Mark, it was great having you on the show, man. Love to have you back sometime in the future. Absolutely. Yeah, man, I'd love to, I'd love to come back and and I'll get your contact information from Nick and maybe we Absolutely. can set some things up. Sounds good. Let's do it, brother. Great having you on the show. Thanks again for Thank coming you, on. Mark. Always not a problem, you. guys. Thank you for having me. Anytime, just just ask. Okay, okay buddy. We'll talk soon. All right. Take care. You too. Thank you, sir. Bye. Bye. Wow, what a great guest. What a great guest. What a great guest is right. I I, uh, I actually really, really enjoyed this. Oh, man. It was, you know what? It was great. He's a great guy. Um, he, he's, a, he's a fantastic young talent in wrestling. And when I see guys like him and then I get to talk to him on the phone for this long, I know that I'm passing the business off to a guy who's a good steward of the wrestling business, and that makes me feel good about it. He he really is going to be, though, Q. Um, I've actually been watching Mark for a long time, and not only does he get it, and that he's actually, he's a lot of fun just to hang out with in general, um, but just when you watch him in the ring, he's so crisp, and, you know, he doesn't... Yeah, he's sharp. He's a like, sharp, man. I, I saw him. Yeah. He's, yeah. Like, he doesn't... Fluid, do fluid, fluid movement. Yeah, he's not looking to pop the crowd just for nothing. He wants them to be popped for the right reasons. And, yeah, just super yeah. guy, man, super guy. Yeah, you know, some of the guys worry about popping the boys in the back, not him. He's worried about popping the crowd. So, he's he's exactly. thinking the right way. Good head on his shoulders, knows what he's doing. I think, you know, I really think that if he, if he applies himself, if he gets in the gym again and, 
pushes forward, I think he's got a great future. I really do. I do too. I uh, I love Mark. Well, you know, I remember the first time he kicked me in the face. I said, "The only thing I don't want, I don't want any teeth gone." And he said, "You won't even feel a damn thing." And right? God damn it, man, he was a professional. I mean, I didn't feel nothing. I mean, I sold that yeah. thing like a champ, but when I got to the back, he says, "Y'all good?" And I just said, "Give me a hug." I got all my teeth. It's all I was worried about. Yeah. Right. Right, because, you know, he's never going to wrestle you, so he doesn't have to worry about it. If you want to be a dick, he could have kicked you in the face and give you a black eye. He'd be like, hey, it's okay, man. I, my teeth are fine. So, you know, yeah. but like I said, he's a professional. Professional. Yeah. It was great having him on, man. Jeez, just what a what a super guy. And, you know, uh, I'd love to get in the car with him for five hours and take a drive somewhere to a show. I really would. You know, oh, maybe, my maybe, I like to get him, you know, I got two guys that run pretty close together down here. But I'd love to get him to fly in here, let me pick him up, and get him two shots in a row on a Friday and a Saturday, uh, one in Georgia, one in Alabama, and just go with him in the car, jump in, and do the road trip with him, man. I think it'd be a blast. I would, uh, I would love that, man. And you would just be so impressed, honestly. And uh, I'm just so happy that uh, – that you uh, were able to enjoy this and uh, sit down, oh, and it means a lot to you. I looked, I looked down and didn't realize what time it was, and I was like, and I'm like, oh my god, it's quarter after. And then you happened like five minutes later to say something. I'm like, wow, where did time go? I mean, we just the conversation just flowed constantly. The you truth. Know? But that's, but that's what happens. It was the same thing when he had Brody on. It was it's the same thing, you know. When you get a guy that's in the business for the right reasons and he's doing what he's doing, if you put him on the line with another brother, man, they're going to get along. If we ever get a guest on the show, after ten minutes we're ready to dump him. We know we got the wrong guest. Hundred percent. <laughs> you know, I'll never forget. And I'll keep it short because I know we're we're running and we're getting ready to head out, but. I'll keep this a real short. I'll never forget a time. Remember, or you, you probably don't because it's so insignificant, but they were called Bad Karma. And we had them on the show, on our show, mine and Malco's years ago. And right. I think we went seven minutes, maybe. And I was like, What? And he said something, and Malco's head swung at me like, you hit the damn button or I'm hitting it. And we hit the X, and we told the, we told everyone, like, you know what, that's on us. You know, they told us they were something they weren't. And, yes, we bought in, but that's what we do. I mean, just because you're new in the business, it doesn't mean we don't want you. But what we do want is someone who understands the business, though, and gets it. Well, guess who we got coming up in the next couple of months? What do we got, brother? Danny Cage, who owns the legendary Monster Factory, personally trained by pretty boy Larry Sharp, and has taken the Monster Factory to new levels. And we also have have Rudy Boy Gonzalez, who took over Shawn Michaels' school, is uh, still really good friends with Shawn. And when Shawn left to go back to the WWE after his back injury, he told Rudy, he said, look, man, Rudy, Rudy been wrestling since the mid-80s. He goes, I want to put you in charge of the Texas Wrestling Academy and have you take it over. And Rudy's had it ever since. So he's going to be on here. He's a great guy. 
So we've got two uh-huh. owners of key schools that have put out numerous amounts of people into the WWE. And, you know, just uh, it's it's going to be super, super exciting to have both them guys on here. I'm looking forward to it. But guys, i got a couple other surprises for you, but we're going to have uh, just, a, just a great February and March for the fans. That's awesome. Next week, live, we're doing the Rocky Johnson Tribute Part 2, where you and I are going to go a little more in-depth. And, of course, we are allowing fans to uh, to pick the uh, topic for the following week on February 4th. Yeah, that's exciting. They got a lot. There's a lot of good ones in there, man. People put up some really good stuff. I'm looking. I'm I'm pretty excited for it. I think it's going to be, you know, it's interactive. It's going to be organic because we're gonna we're gonna pick one at the last minute and we'll do whatever preparation we need. But I mean, it, it'll be the evening of the show that we pick it because we'll be familiar with every category and who we're gonna talk about. And you know, I'm looking forward to it. It's gonna be exciting, man. I'm really stoked. Um, Loving the future of the show, and I can't wait to see what 2020 brings. Let me close it out. Hey, this has been Triple T Radio with your host, Q-Ball, Grandma Michael, and co-host, Nicholas London. Listen to us live every Tuesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time to 9 o'clock. Anything that goes over the hour, you can pick up later on that evening or the next day on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Pandora, and all other podcast broadcasters. I love it. Not bad for a young guy. Not bad, my man. We're going to see you next week. Sounds good, brother. Talk to you this week. Okay, my man.